podcast. Do you press Y to do a great intro? Do you press B to yell at me? Do you press Wait, X to walk still away? Recording? Should I be turning off my? Uh... No, no. I was trying to intro it. <laughs> I was trying to do a thing. All right, we press B to save all of this. The audience will remember. Guys, welcome to the press, Crit Crew. Press Y to use Salt Lick. We're we're talking about Telltale Games today. Um, kind of a similar setup to our From Software episode. Instead of talking about, you know, we we look at certain developers' gameography. And one is, there, there's a lot to talk about with something like Telltale. So for people unfamiliar with this, uh, this, this studio, they started out as a traditional uh, adventure game publisher, sort of the, the point-and-click style uh, of Sam and Max in Monkey Island, and have sort of graduated into the more reactive uh, Wolf Among Us and, you know, all the popular hits. Yeah, that that people definitely are aware of. All right, David, sure. do you want to give us a more detailed synopsis of the studio? I mean, yeah, so they started out doing other thing. I think Sam and Max was their big uh, flagship. But then uh, they started doing a, like episodic interactive dramas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started with The Walking Dead. And now for the most part, that's all they've done. So, like... There are episodic, like, you buy the game, and then over the course of, like, a year, they introduce, like, five chapters. And the easiest way to put it is kind of just a very long cutscene. Like, so that, like, you're you're playing as a character, and you'll go through, like, you're just watching this conversation, and every now and then you get to pick the dialogue. And Mm -hmm. it just sort of, like, goes through there, and, like, it's a very branching story. Like, you have a huge impact on what happens, but, like, that's the easiest way to put these games so we're not going to be talking about all of Telltale games, just their more recent episodic. Right. I mean, dramas, you you, you look at I wish you had look, a shorter title. Yeah, you look at sort of the the way that they're. It started with Jurassic Park, and then they kind of went on with that format. It was their way of streamlining the conventions of a point and click adventure game. So as opposed to a Sam and Max, where you're clicking to command your character to move around and investigate objects. With games like The Wolf Among Us and Walking Dead, you have direct analog control, which allows you... Go ahead. I think we should say what games they have done, and then which ones we have played before we start off. Okay. That's a good good idea. Thank you very much, Max. I appreciate the compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) So... Uh, let me just quickly go to Wikipedia. They've done The Walking Dead. They've done Game of Thrones. <laughs> let's Christmas. just let's <laughs> resort. Wikipedia, yeah. sir. Not like I took notes and wrote down the games let's, they Let's made. go to Clickhole. Okay, Max, you tell us what games <laughs> no, they've no, done. No, 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 you, you go ahead. All right, so uh, this uh, source is en.wikipedia.org. Um, so yeah, does, they've done The Walking intervene? Dead. They've done The Wolf Among Us. Um, I'm sorry, were you sassing me? I, I was. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, the Wolf Among Us was based on this graphic novel, which is sort of like if Fables. fairy tales were real people, like came to the real world, and we're just sort of like it, dealing with that. It was based off fables. That kind um, of fables. Yep. Yeah. All right. The Wolf Among Us was a uh, more of like a crime noir sort of thing. Um, they done Tales from the Borderlands, which was a spinoff of the Borderlands Two game. Mm-hmm. They've done Game of Thrones. They've done Minecraft. They did even more Walking Dead, and uh, they just released Batman, which I think is only like one episode deep. Yeah, it's only one episode. It tends to be. And they just recently one episode like deep. I, I think this month they announced um, the third season of The Walking Dead. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're gonna do another season. Keep, of keep Game of going, Thrones. keep going, clam. Um, I have only played The Walking Dead, and I have watched um, both Max and um, my fiance play um, The Wolf Among Us. So I've played that's, The Wolf Among Us, says David. Um, I've played <laughs> The Wolf Among Us and The Walking Dead, and I've played a little bit of Game of Thrones. So I, I think I am I have played the most out of y'all. I've played Game of Thrones. I've played both seasons of Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us, Tales from the Borderlands. Have not played Minecraft or Batman, but that's kind of where I'm at. So, And for the most part, like the reason we're doing all of Telltale rather than each of these games individually is because for the most part, in terms of what we're doing, they're all the same. I mean, I, I would say like Minecraft is a bit of an exception, but like... Fanboys. The biggest freak. difference, yeah, the uh, the difference is like the what happens in the story, and that's not really what we're here to talk about. Even though yeah, the story the, is great, the the inherent conversation of like aesthetic and gameplay is kind of the same for each one, which mm-hmm. I mean, which is fine because um, it's a they it's do a, what they it's, do. It's a niche. I I honestly I think this episode is going to turn into a conversation about the importance of player agency and whether or not branching paths, the illusion of choice actually is as important as developers might pitch it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't I, want to talk about that. Yeah, I don't either. I'm going to steer Why, far from that. I want to I talk wanna... about, I want to talk about cell shading and that's it. Yep. <laughs> so, so all these games have a shared aesthetic for the most part. Uh, they they kind of like found a thing that works with cell shading, based and, off the limitations uh, they, of their engine. They, I mean, I I think that where it, where that like aesthetic thing comes down to on where it relates to graphic novels and how a lot of these are based off graphic novels is kind of cool. Because mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of a lot of these things are inherently you know Minecraft not so much, Game of Thrones not so much, sure. Borderlands not so much. Everything not. So I mean, much. Game mind. of Thrones yeah. is like still cell shaded, but with a little bit of like painterly. Minecraft is just yeah. that, like they branched off for that because it's Minecraft. Wa- the Walking The yeah. Walking Dead has a pretty substantial graphic novel feel to it. It's very cell shaded. Mm-hmm. I, I think that definitely set the tone for the Telltale aesthetic in a lot of ways. Game of Thrones, it's a little more smooth in terms of texture mm-hmm. appearance. It relies a lot on matte board backdrops. Um, having mm-hmm. played the entire season. Their way of like evidencing large expansive space is just by having sort of like rotoscoped pieces of a map board painting in the background, but it's it's still very painterly, like David said. Does it work? I think it works. Honestly, like, they, they, they fake off? depth very well. Um, and they never linger on shots for too long. But again, like a lot of these telltale games, like they're not large in scope. I, I think they're very they nail a very personable intimate story i think that's their strength ultimately i think yeah it's about quality not quantity with telltale yeah. i mean they're not the longest stories Ooh, but breaking like, into the big boy smart things big boy small things um it's yeah it's not like it's not a super super long experience but it's an experience with all the crust removed it's yeah. just just the just the best just the each, best detail. each episode i mean if you really sit down to play each episode it's at best, maybe an hour and a half long. And this is true across all of the latest Telltale series. Um, and each yeah, I think, season, I think, is around five episodes. Am I, I might be wrong. Yeah. I mean, the, there are the some long, exceptions, but... The longest yeah. one now is The Walking Dead, which just keeps on going. Yeah, keeps going. 
Yeah, I it's think good. I set when I when I got the Walking Dead season two. I think that I beat that over the course of like a weekend, so yeah. like Friday night to yeah. set like Sunday night, mm-hmm. and that was me yep. trying to like savor the experience. Like I just couldn't go any slower than that. So we're talking about forty eight hours of gameplay because he played it for the entire weekend straight. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many decisions made. No breaks. <laughs> or not. Um, so right. you actually, Caleb, brought up uh, so yes, um, so as good point. Yes. Episodic gaming. So, uh, yeah. So, what? I mean, there. I think that there's kind of a detail. <laughs> on... So what? So yeah. what? So what? Thanks, David. Um, I think it's. I think that there's kind of something interesting just about its format too, which is very different than, mm-hmm. uh, than, kind of a lot of things. Not a lot of people go the episodic gaming route, and I think it works. Episodic, episodic, works really well for Telltale. They've really kind of made. The way that these games work translate well it tends mm-hmm. to be the stories broken up over the course They're... of four or five little segments. Each one usually ends on some kind of major plot development. Right, right. And we should also look at it in context of at the time when Episodic was in other genres as well. I mean, the biggest joke could be Half-Life Episode Half-Life. 1 and 2. I mean, you look at the release and development of each of those it sort of became longer and longer and longer to the point where like you were left with a literal cliffhanger for episode two and we still have not seen the turnout still never seen yes. it. so yeah for context half-life uh half-life 2 came out a and lo- blew a the ago. world apart right and then they got through two <laughs> chapters and they were supposed to release like the third episode and they were supposed to release that in 20 what like 2012 well, yeah 2012 I can't Somewhere remember. Around. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, it still ain't here. And we still have no idea when it's coming. Yeah. Uh, Walking that. Dead does it a lot better. <laughs> I say, contrast um, that to The Walking Dead, which was released also in 2012, and they started <laughs> season two in 2013. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> so they got I, through all their chapters and then just kept going. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think the episodic model. I mean, I'm sure it like, helps with their development. I don't think it's the best way for these games. No. Like, definitely I, not. What I have done is, like, I only buy it once all five are out, but, like, yep. playing through, like, one hour, it really makes it a little bit more difficult to get invested when you're, like, having to wait, like, five, like four months in between each chapter. Mm-hmm. I, I think I get why they have to do it, but I don't think it is the, uh, if you're playing it as it's coming out, I think uh, the experience is a little bit diluted. I think some of these later games, they might have been able to just... I mean, I can understand funding-wise some of the earlier games doing this nature to go, okay, we're going to make something short and quick that we can go out there and we know people will get into. But at this point, they probably could just release an entire Telltale Telltale adventure. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know that Minecraft is going to be benefiting from having an, an episodic release. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to go back. Caleb, you mentioned something that I think is also very important to these games that we glossed over. And that is decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these games, like in each chapter, there's typically one big decision that you have to mm-hmm. make that more or less alters kind of the course the rest of the game is played out on. Yeah. So, for example, in The Walking Dead, you get to the end of that chapter and you have to choose, like, two people are getting attacked by zombies. You have to choose who to mm-hmm. save. Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, like, huge spoilers for, like, the rest of this episode on, like, oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you hit Larry with a salt lick. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Ted Death. Ch- yeah, chapter t- chapter two is even bigger. Like, you're in a 
well, that's kind of weird to just jump into. You're in a meat locker, <laughs> like locked in with other people. One of, got, one of the guys passed. With... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you've been locked in a meat locker by cannibals, and uh, one of the people is like passed out, and you're like, okay, if he's going to die of a heart attack, he's going to become a zombie. Do we kill him or say like or try mm-hmm. to like resuscitate him? Um, and I think for me, um. I, I think about this a lot because Max and I actually uh, did a let's play, like we recorded ourselves playing this game. Ooh, and I, the crossover! Yeah, yeah. it's uh, dis- I, I, this is disgusting. <laughs> plug, plug, plug. Yeah, this the let's. This play is where I draw the line. Right here. Up on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but the reason I'm bringing this up because every now and then I rewatch it and I come to the moment where I have to make that decision. And Max is asking what I'm going to do, and I'm like, well, if I do the wrong thing, like I just get a do-over, right? And, like, no, like, the decision you make sticks with you. And, like, that is surprisingly ingrained in video games. Like, okay, you make a bad decision, you get to go back. Mm-hmm. That is very much not how these games function, and I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, I, it's a huge draw. And that's actually, I think, something where the length of these games kind of is to its own strength. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, I think that when the game is as long as it is, you can you you can kind of do that. You can go like, no, if you mess up, you gotta live with that. But like, the game takes two hours, so like, yeah. what, are you, what are you gonna complain Here, about? Here's my here's my issue with that is inner starting with The Walking Dead, they have these even small decisions in the very first episode. Um, as Lee, you could choose, so you stumble onto Clementine, and you guys are just kind of trying to escape uh, the house where you find her, and you end up in a farm, and you're faced with a decision um, when this old man, the owner of the farm, asks you your relationship to Clementine, and you have the option to lie about it, and standard for Telltale Games, they will have a little text indication in the top left saying, this character will remember such and such. This this is something that I turned off because it, to me, made it seem... It was too distracting. Like, for me, I was wondering, well, does this decision ultimately... Is it going to shape how this character views me? And more often than not, yeah. it doesn't matter at all. Um, so I think it's they are almost, like, overcompensating by including something like that in their games. In, in later entries, like Tales from the Borderlands, you can't even turn that off. It's just a constant <laughs> reminder in the top left, like... This decision might pan out. Maybe I, I always find it. I always find it pretty funny. Like I love like that. That first is a great example because <laughs> like he's like hey, you know I'll, I'll remember that. Yeah. And two minutes later, he's dead. <laughs> well, he doesn't die, but like you know, he keeps it, kicking you out. And then like in Tales in the Borderlands, like a character's <laughs> inebriated or something, and then it says he will definitely not remember that. So that that's <laughs> oh yeah. I find that that sort of meta awareness pretty funny, but yeah. it's a larger I, I issue. I see what you mean, but sometimes, like Max was hinting at, that feedback is kind of fun, where you're, like, agonizing over what to say, and it's like, uh, I really don't know if this is the right thing to say, and then you, like, your character basically, like, ruins that whole conversation and ends mm-hmm. up, like, being a jerk, and then, like, having, like, okay, this person's gonna remember that. You're like, oh, I messed up. I did uh, the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It's that lingering doubt in the back of your head. They just want to play with your... They want to play with everyone's inherent feeling of, like, I hope I say the right sure, thing. Sure, sure. Yeah, as a way of kind of like sabotaging These, the player. Tell, yeah. Telltale games are basically popularity contests. Can you say the right <laughs> thing to get in with the cool crowd? Who's the prettiest lady? Who's the prettiest lady? <laughs> it's Lily. <laughs> no, she, she is a terrible human being. Uh, no, she gets she gets left on the goddamn side of the road like she deserves yeah. to be. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Shooting Carly. Shooting Carly. Come on. 
So yeah, there's also like there's a lot of stuff that just kind of you know we we're so touching on this. It's interesting to have a game where the fundamental idea is to be shaping the story based on your decisions. Mm-hmm. But especially something like The Walking Dead where the stakes are very high and sometimes your decisions don't matter because there are things you don't have a way to avoid. Sure. Where it's just like you're all of a sudden you're like, oh, this situation's bad. Oh, this situation's getting worse. Okay, and there everything goes. Mm-hmm. And that's unavoidable. Uh, I mean, if you look at it... If you look at it in the big picture, yeah, like, the start of the game always leads to the end of the game, but it's just sort of a matter of, like, how invested you get into it, and it, like, whether it act, mm-hmm. like, if you, again, zoom out and actually see if your decisions matter, it definitely feels like they do normally, and I feel like that's more important than actually making, like, ten different story trees to mm-hmm. see where it could go. And there are always, like it, in, in a given episode, at the very end, they will have a stat screen um saying these players for like the four key decisions in an episode sometimes varying degrees of how important they are they will say you know this percentage chose to stop clementine from yada yada um you know eating a human eating a human Uh, being yeah but i I was actually wanted to mention that because that sort of makes us like a very big like communal experience to this mm-hmm. game like mm-hmm. being able to see how other people handle it and like it lends itself very well like if you've never heard of let's plays it sounds boring on paper like watching other people play games but these especially it's like i want to see how other people handle the same situation that i went through like how David, do other people react to the situation people make millions off of let's play i know i, I was <laughs> no, say, i'm not i was gonna say i'm not trying to doubt sounds, them at all you say sounds boring but i'm, I'm trying to listen, say like for people that have never not even heard. watching people talk about video games <laughs> well uh, okay. now i don't feel important anymore <laughs> i can't like i can't tell you how many conversations i've had with people talking about let's plays and they're like why would you watch someone play a game like yeah. to other people, it sounds boring. But it's like, about trust the color me. commentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm on this uh, podcast too. I know what we're doing. Um. <laughs> and actually, that's and the the decision screen that comes out after each chapter is kind of one of the things which I think makes the episodic nature interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. Where you've got, you know, it takes an hour. They, it, you know, they do come out when they come out, but like, it's kind of cool where something's coming out every couple months, and then everyone's playing it at once. Mm-hmm. And you can see everyone's decisions after playing for an hour and compare. That's I, a I really do... interesting thing, which isn't really that that doesn't exist in other games. I yeah. can't think of any other games where that's a component. Yeah, and it's. I mean, if you look at it, it could be considered sort of an afterthought. But when you also look at the fact, it is like the closest parallel to a TV episode that we have in in terms of a video game. So when, like, the Mm -hmm. latest episode of Game of Thrones comes out, people talk about the two or three things that are oh shit moments. And for The Walking Dead or any of the other Telltale franchises, you have... Or for Game of Thrones! (laughs) Or or for Game of Thrones, yeah. (laughs) You have, like, these key decisions that, like, you as a player actively were able to choose, and you can cross-compare how differently it could have gone uh, which I Plus, I, that that cross comparison is almost like a little it's almost like a little hint guide too where you go oh, okay next time that i give this a shot these are the things i should try to remember sure. right yeah and actually i will say in terms of like another pro to the uh, episodic model is that uh it gives the developers feedback too. I was reading an interview within the very first chapter of The Walking Dead. 
it ends with you having to like choose between two different people, mm-hmm. uh, Doug and Carly. Um, and when like the pe- like if you play now, the stats are pretty much 50 50 because everyone goes back and plays through. But when it was first released, it was like 90% of the players chose this character. And the developers are like, okay, what did we do here? It should have been more difficult. <laughs> oh, we made a super boring character yeah. that no one wanted to say. Yeah. No, no love for Doug. We need to Doug. work on that in the future. Yeah. Not that Carly, Carly, the uh, she is the better she battery is the better operator. Pick. When you have two yeah. characters and one character's ability is to use a universal remote and the other one is a, has a, like a good shot, I think you're gonna pick the second one in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Yes, but also remember there is a scene where you're trying to help fix a radio for her and she can't figure out why it's broken and it's because the batteries were in the wrong like the batteries were flipped. She couldn't (laughs) figure it out. I forgot. So these are the people you're choosing from. There's some dumb stuff in these games. It's so funny. But I I think those little things are kind of fun though, because you don't really have to do them, but like they're there. Uh, it's just like it's background elements, it's environment Mm -hmm. shaping. Uh you know, if you're gonna have a game where you're a lot of it comes down to making decisions that influence other characters, you do want those characters to have personalities, and they've done yeah. a really good job. Everyone has very distinct personalities. Yeah, even characters that like you. You remember Ducky? Like Ducky was a piece of shit, like total doof. But through that season, he becomes. You guys remember the high five? You know, like there's oh, there's Ducky. these little yeah, okay. yeah there's yeah. these little moments that like, really help to develop and flesh these characters out who might start out as being completely irredeemable, but as the season goes on, they find those little moments that you participate in. Do you give Ducky a high five um, that really, like, kind of hit home? Hey, Kenny's watching. Kenny's watching. Kenny cares. cares. I think we should talk more about other games and not just The Walking Dead, but I do want to say, like, to sort of tail off of this... Like, when you just, again, if you haven't played this game, it almost sounds, like, boring. Like, you're just sitting and watching a conversation happens. Mm-hmm. But you become very invested in this story. Like, it, it just becomes, like, you become, like are very um, engrossed in what's happening, mm-hmm. and you feel a very big part of it. And you like, actually, I think, you have a lot that you say in the conversation. You're not sitting definitely. there that much. And, like, mm-hmm. I think this was, like, just to give you an idea of, like, the impact, this might have been the first game I actually cried over. Like, the end of season one of The Walking Dead is pretty good. Rough. Oh, it's yeah, pretty good. That's, that's really this, good. I mean, I think the only other game before this that gave me this much of an emotional reaction might have been the twist in Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, yeah, Half-Life like, 2, right? Yeah, Half-Life yeah, Half-Life 2. 2. Half-Life 2 but, like, well. but Yeah, but I mean, in terms of, like, emotional connection to, like, feeling something other than mm-hmm. I enjoyed this game... Like it's very powerful. So I, I would I would honestly venture to say the reason to play a Telltale game is for the writing because as a game itself, I think it is kind of boring. You know, most of their games can be reduced to I am walking around an environment, grabbing objects, which might not have any bearing on the rest of the story. It's just very situational. And it's sort of you're getting through these environment ex- explorations to sort of get to the next dialogue scene. And that, I don't think it's broken up. I mean, they, they do a couple interesting things. Game of Thrones has uh, melee combat that's quick time um, based yeah, but that, that feels new. But that, that, that melee combat was actually done in uh, Wolf Among Us. Oh right, right. I think I think yeah. I actually think that out of all the games, 
This is personal bias, though. Uh, I think The Wolf Among Us is the best. Uh, you should play. You should <laughs> play Tales part- of the Borderlands. You really should. Okay. Um, Wolf Among Us, I think, was the first one that really. I mean, there there is some combat in The Walking Dead. There's not a lot, though. Mm-mm. Wolf Among Us, they really start kind of pushing it in, and that game mm-hmm. is. I think the thing that's interesting about that is just that the character you're playing is just is a titan. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a situation where there isn't the same direness because your character is legitimately one of the larger threats out of all the characters. You are you are playing as the big bad wolf. He the is big bad the, wolf. He the is big, the big, yeah. dire in the interest wolf. of in the interest. No, okay. he's not. That's Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm in winking the at the of, camera. In the I interest see the of wink, talking, still sucks. yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the interest of talking about other Telltale games, mm-hmm. I, I think that and part of the things with Tales up uh, Tales of Borderlands, uh, Wolf Among Us is um, that game has color in a way that the other games don't. That's kind of mm-hmm. one of the big sticking points. It's very, very ne- neo-noir, too. Yeah, there's a lot of color theory. There's a lot of playing around with big blocks of heavily... It's, it's a lot of Hotline Miami colors. Big yeah. blocks of oh, hypersaturation. Yeah. Along with this really kind of strange plot of fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Uh, fa- fairy tale murder investigation in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is cool. It, it, I mean, there's a lot of variety in these games, and I think they really stick to making... I think most of them, they're, despite the fact that they have a similar format, they have a different enough quality from game to game. Yeah, I, I would say yeah. that their world development is unlike most studio. Uh, considering how many franchises that they tackle, I think there's enough detail in these environments, in these characters, to distinguish themselves and to be kind of their own thing. It's just... The actual, the way you manipulate with the world in the day, you know, basic interactions is just not very unique mm-hmm. cross game. So oh yeah, I that does remind like trying to figure out why these games have such a big appeal. I think you hit on it with talking about how they tackle a lot of franchises. Like again, it's Game of Thrones, Walking yeah. Dead, Batman. Um, and it's, it's just a way to rather than passively experiencing something to actually be part of the story and mm-hmm. sort of inhabit the characters that you like it it's a it's a very I don't know satisfying and entertaining yeah. experience and that's that's what I think is more fair if you're evaluating this as like you said earlier Caleb a game and just like how it like performs a video game it's not great but if you look at this as more of an experience um it's you can look at it a little bit more of a favorable light yeah and it's amazing like i i say that it is relatively boring but i will binge through entire seasons of when they all release i will i will play them Mm -hmm. religiously and it's because of the writing it is so incredibly strong from game to game and again their attention to detail visually is just unlike any real attempt at you know franchise games so Mm mm-hmm all about that writing. Yeah, yeah I think, writing. like, I finished The Walking Dead Season 2 probably, like, two, three years ago, and I still get in arguments about with Caleb about the right way to end that game and who you should side with, and you're still you wrong, You should Caleb. not side with Kenny. Kenny you should always, always no. side with Kenny. <laughs> Kenny is a lost cause at that point. Kenny they, he is, but he, never mind. They position, <laughs> they position his downfall, so it's so tragic, you have to just let him go. Don't you want to side with somebody they bring across two entire chapters, though? Just to see. Just to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, the, I guess, so, just, like, 
see the emotion that just sparked out of that one sentence. These games are very, like, engrossing. <laughs> I, I also, I find it fascinating that The Walking Dead is the only franchise that they've tackled so far that has an additional season. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a continuation. So season one of The Walking Dead, your main protagonist, Lee, is killed by Clementine and has to... And David then assumes, Yeah, we all cried immensely at that point but season two picks up with that's a that's like that's a rough scene <laughs> it's very rough and to see them sort of continue from the perspective of someone who you're very deeply vested in and who you really helped to shape as a child um, to see your decisions kind of like inform that clementine and sort of to mm-hmm. assume that role was a really powerful thing and a lot of people like didn't like season two as much but I think it's interesting for good, to look for good at, reason. Yeah, well, yeah, but to see those decisions kind of like color your perspective of. Okay, Max is going through two. a wind tunnel. Wind tunnel's back, guys. Sorry, it kind of makes <laughs> me want to play The Walking Dead and treat Clem like garbage all the way through. Yeah, just see if she's treat, a trash and then treat dead. and then treat everyone like garbage in the second chapter, and then we'll call her Rat Girl, Rat Girl, Queen of Darkness. <laughs> That's a Game of Thrones um, character. <laughs> yeah. But then in terms of the, like, you, you were saying that the biggest draw on these games is the writing. Doesn't that make it almost, like, more of a, I mean, it is a choose-your-own-adventure, but, like, it's it's more of a literary experience. <laughs> yeah, do, do it's we want to like talk about if it's play. fair to call this a game? I feel like it's more of a stage play. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, they're, they're very, you're never in an open environment. You're always contained to a specific location that has its confines and various cues to start up dialogue options, but it's it's never a large expansive thing, and that's that's the strength is you're you're sort of contained and can tell the story from set to set. So to me, I don't know. To me, it feels more like a stage play. That's kind of an interesting hypothetical, though. Like, should it be treated like? It's gotten a lot of praise because it was fun, but does it deserve it? Because as a video game, it failed. But like, well, I mean, failed mm-hmm. is a very strong word. But you know what I mean. Like, as a video game, it's not. If strong. you want to evaluate as, on as the regular it, standards, it does. It's not strong, but it's still a great experience. Yeah. It is interesting that it has to have its own standard because, like, you know, the the episodic nature, for example, that does weaken it as a game because you're constantly ending on hour-long cliffhanger, hour-long cliffhanger, hour-long cliffhanger, which isn't mm-hmm. the most successful way this to be approached. I mean, that's definitely... Caleb was just saying that he waits for all the chapters to come out and then binge it. That's already mm-hmm. playing it in a way the designers didn't intend. Sure, sure. But... Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I don't, have an, I don't have an answer for if it's fair or not. Yeah. Just, it's interesting. No, yeah, it's just... It's interesting. It would be really interesting if they made the entire game and then released it over the course of a couple of weeks and had it on each Friday like it was actually a TV yeah. show. Yep, that would be I think that would be better. Yeah. That would be very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like people would really respond to that like really strongly. Like if yeah. you could like you could pre-download it and then right at 10 o'clock everybody should play until 10. Yeah, because you, you have the option of buying the season and pass. And Steam for servers each. will crash. The yeah. Steam servers <laughs> will explode. You can play the games... <laughs> Yeah, now oh, yeah. <laughs> but then, the, you know, talking about that, you know, you, you were saying, bringing that in the conversation of how does it translate as a game, where does all of that leave us in the conversation of art? Because there's a uh, lot. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So the the way I'm sort of looking at this is in terms of creating the illusion of your own story. I think it is incredibly successful despite its limitations. Like there are only so many branching paths that truly matter in these mm-hmm. games, but you're so well invested in it that it really feels like your own story. So for me, your, like it's constructing it's, your story is a literary element. Very true. So I, I mean, <laughs> considering, I, I think it's the fact that you have direct input to create that story you know mm-hmm. it's it's a choose your own adventure sure but it's it has the trappings of a video game you know mm-hmm. you're you're directly influencing this world even if it's a button press it's still an input you know and so I at its base sense we, we we've mentioned that these these games revolve around pop culture phenomena mm-hmm. um they don't I mean, let's make this like super clear. We should have made it super clear at the beginning. They don't follow the story of the phenomena. You're not playing Correct. through Game of Thrones in the guise of Game of Thrones. You're playing through Game of Thrones in the guise of this other group of characters that Telltale has constructed that are existing mm-hmm. within the, the framework. There are, there are still Thrones. characters from Game of Thrones who make an appearance and who very much influence your story. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but like, it's, you know... Minecraft doesn't have a story. It's just a thing kids like a lot. But sure, sure. Yeah, I, I, I think we're not talking about Minecraft, uh, that particular game, very much because it was not geared towards us. Because it's for babies, and guys. There, there are no consequences. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah, you know, you could just sit, you could just sit back, put your controller on the ground, and let the game play out. And it I won't mean, we've matter all because we all you don't played. matter. We all have played Minecraft, and we enjoy the game very much, I'm assuming. Caleb, I don't know your opinions on that particular I've game. I've never no, Caleb, really. hates, Caleb hates games like okay, that. Okay, I'll continue hater. to talk directly to Max. Uh, we played it, but as like in terms of like Telltale, it's not... I'm not interested. <laughs> that is a game that never needed a story. I give them kudos to making a story and realizing that only kids were going to be into that story, so making the game not have dire consequence was smart. But... Doesn't, mean I'm, gonna, doesn't mean I'm going to play it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. I think that there's enough variation among all these games that there is kind of... They're hitting a point where there's a telltale for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think, what they're going for. I think there's, there's going to be a point where they have a telltale series that feels a little tweaked to everyone's interest. I think... Yeah, I think these games are at least... When you... Like, they're very accessible. Like, as long as they can, like... If they're interested in the story... There's really no one that couldn't, I mean, not everyone would enjoy it, but I think it's just, yeah, it's it's accessible. I won't try to make it bigger than that. It's an accessible game. 10 out of 10. David, cool. Accessible, accessible, says David. (laughs) Accessible. Very accessible. The the way that they choose to pay homage to certain franchises, Tales from the Borderlands and Minecraft being specific games that they're creating their own spinoff of, there are certain things that are very tied to those franchises. Like, the the way that you interact with items in Tales from the Borderlands is indistinguishable from that franchise. It has, like, a, a colored beam that is, depending on its rarity, you know, you know uh-huh. a purple is something you have to pick up. Like, there's yeah. very Gosh, specific... You know, an, you know an orange is something you have oh, to pick get up. Get out of Get out of here! Cyan is where it's at if you're playing on the true Vault Hunter, ultimate Vault Hunter by Ultimate Vault Hunter. Oh, you, you mean, you mean <laughs> Minion Yellow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to shut that up real quick, so... Um, <laughs> it worked. It worked. 
Yeah, all I know about Tales from the Borderland is there's a scene where everybody makes those fake gun shooting with their fingers. Oh, God, it's so that. good. I saw that, so... a video of that, and I oh. almost like I almost just died on the spot. I was like, this is amazing. It is the, it is the funniest. It is the funniest they have ever been, by far. Um, there is some really good humor in these games, honestly. If oh, they absolutely. want to make something funny, they can make things really funny. Hey, the wind tunnel mm-hmm. is over. Oh, cool. I'm glad I can stop editing out every bit and you're not talking now. <laughs> now I'm going to say all of our last names. You ready? Uh, don't you dare. <laughs> David, David, um, Pinkle, Pinkle Snorf. Pinkle yes, Snorf. Yes, you got it. Caleb, have to beat Caleb that. Lannister. Caleb, Caleb Schnabelhaber. Schnabelhaber okay. Lannister. Schnabelhaber. Ooh, this is, the, this is the intellectual conversations that people are really looking for when they and, tune into our hit podcast. Pe- and, uh, Mac, and Max... okay cool i mean it's not it doesn't matter if our last names are shown but now i feel like at this point it's it's a a point of principle (laughs) cool thanks Uh, max Uh, you're welcome off the rails guys off the rails i chose i I chose my own adventure and this is the path we're on I feel like it's safe to say we have reached the end of everything we've wanted to talk about. If this is not the case, stop me now. Oh, Caleb, Caleb just went... <gasps> Guys, we have to end on a cliffhanger. No. Uh, <laughs> so, guys, hypothetically speaking, if we were all writing a book that was the art history of video games, where would The Walking Dead factor I would, into I would it? press X to skip this conversation. <laughs> Too bad. It's a staple. Press, press like Y. The, dot dot dot. Silence. Silence. So for for me, I look at the the way in which Telltale has chosen to give player agency to their players. You compare dialogue choices specifically to something like a Mass Effect, which is very similar in setup. Um, this is is far more streamlined, far more accessible, and I think that's a word that is very key to Telltale's experience. They want to include you into this franchise that has a lot of hype and buzz surrounding it, but it's sort of, they're, they're putting their own stamp on it. And mm-hmm. it takes something that is very, so for The Walking Dead, has multiple seasons, is just so blown out there, but they're telling their own intimate, personal thing. And I, I think that's something special, that not a lot of people really have have done with franchises Mm -hmm. like this so it is an incredibly unique experience um whether or not they are kind of making the same experience they -hmm. still made it in the first place like i I don't have an issue with them reworking their formula in a different genre right to have this formula still exist because nobody really has i mean until dawn has tried something similar i don't know if either of you guys have checked that out Oh yeah, uh, but that's, no. I, that's I know what you're talking very, about. That's very much more so the every decision matters in its own. Like you know, you're saying like you know you could make a game where everything has like a ton of different branching paths and endings. That's until dawn. Um, yeah. But it doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't have the same kind of. I don't know. It actually doesn't have the same kind of accessibility. Coming back again, the same word everybody's been saying. Um, it, Telltale is just streamlined. They've really. It's funny that they mm-hmm. kind of like started the way this feels, and now people are starting to respond to them with their own games. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 kind of like as you were saying in your conversation of at at the uh, the dinner table of uh, 
games and art. <laughs> Telltale gets its own little table. Yeah. <laughs> it's a kid's it's a kid's table. It's like a special table where it's like, hey, it's it's a niche roll. It's a niche roll. It's special. Don't reduce them to being a kid's table. <laughs> I'm I mean, not reducing it to a kid's table, but it's a very different conversation. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so it does fit, but it fits in its own way. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the same vein, I don't know in this hypothetical book if it would if the chapter would be like interactive drama games or if it would be telltale games. I don't know that they have made big enough of a splash to like have changed the game that much to have it be like the telltale games experience. I think they but have. Like, there's a long okay, history, but, but there's a long history of point and click adventures you're looking over. Yeah, there. yeah. I think, but it's definitely like I definitely seeing games that have sort of taken a couple cues from this. Until Dawn is the only one I can think of. But if you look at some of the more indie games, I feel mm-hmm. like it has almost sort of dovetailed nicely into walking simulators, where. It's more just like people looking to just have an experience that they can immerse themselves in and not necessarily be shooty shooty bang bang sure. interactive. Yeah. yeah. And I think this I think the fact that this sort of came about at the same time walking simulator started to get big is not really a coincidence. I think they're both sort of things like two different genres trying to address the same niche, just in different ways. You think that it's kinda of one of those things of they they were both onto the idea that people were ready to play something that was different? Yeah. I, I don't know if it would be as, like, literal or as intentional as I'm making it sound, but, yeah, I do feel like that's sort of what people were looking for, and they both came up with their own way to create that something different. Well, I think it's also looking at something that is very... Adventure games are incredibly inaccessible and require a lot of obtuse thinking, and this Telltale really stumbled into creating this framework with, you know... You look at Jurassic Park, that was a total flop. But the core bones were... Bones? Get it, guys? Bones. Core, the no. fo- the, uh, fossils, the fossils were there. Oh, for future, the fu- I get it. For future evolution. <laughs> the fossils were there. Uh, but, but, you I wonder, know, they... I wonder, I wonder if Caleb saying that point-and-click games are obtuse is just because I had him play I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream, which is the most obtuse <laughs> oh game in existence. God. Cannot. I hope this bit goes extinct. <laughs> what Could were you adjourn? saying, Caleb? <laughs> no, you want this to end. You go ahead. <laughs> but but to look at something that is as unwieldy as adventure games, and to make it more adventure games, when you look at why people love Monkey Island, um, Maniac Mansion, those sorts of point-and-click adventures, it is the characters, it is the writing, the setting. Not the conventions of playing the game. Not the, for, not I think, the formula. <laughs> not the actual... So it's it's a way for Telltale... I think it's genius that they found a way of streamlining it and sort of making it more of a, a vessel for their storytelling. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you guys for listening uh, to our new American classic, uh, also known as Crit Crew Episode 14. Um, if bit of you a long want one. To, bit of a long one yeah, today. Bit of a long one. Bit worth it. We one. were talking about like six different games. Is it like, um, our, like our last names because I'm dumb. <laughs> um, so if if you want to tell us what you think about The Walking Dead, if you want to argue with us about something we said, or give us feedback in any way, or give us different games, or, I'll take um, a, I'll take an email of hate. Yeah, if you want to. <laughs> If you want to send us fan art of Max reading hate mail, uh, send that all to critcrewpodcast at gmail.com. What percentage um, do you think will send hate mail as opposed to 
fan art and uh, I think I zero, zero is the percent for all of it. I think it's <laughs> zeros across the board. Should this be the final season of the crew, or do you think we should keep going? Uh man, I, I mean, they've just gotten. It's almost I mean, like they become a cliche of themselves. You know, I mean, once I mean <laughs> once Caleb dies, we're gonna have to keep it moving. Interestingly. Season I mean, two. Yeah, season two revolves entirely around Caleb's cat, as yeah, the okay, other. Okay. Yeah. Peebles. And, and the please, people, please bleep her name out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The real twist will be that the cat will be more entertaining than Caleb. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I did Caleb, it. I Caleb went there. Will remember that. Welcome, welcome to great. cat. Welcome to cat talk with three dumbasses. All right, guys, 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 guys. Do are you right now at this moment? Are you gonna press Y to keep talking, B to restart the episode, A to crit adjourned, or X for silence? I'm gonna hit X for hang up the fucking Skype call. Oh, okay, that'll that's, work. That's not complete silence. Uh, this okay. this crit is adjourned. No, I wanted that to <laughs> no. be a cliffhanger. What the hell? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All right, let's I redo. Let's out. reload our last Pull. save. Let's reload I'm, I'm it. No, 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 no. Let's reload. Let's reload. You can't reload. I'm pulling out the salt lick. I'm pulling out the salt lick. Oh no, 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 no! Please don't. I'm not gonna turn. I swear I'm not gonna turn. No, uh, Max, don't even. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> okay, I don't know which ending I'm gonna pick, but I have crit, something to choose crit, from. Crit, 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 crit. <laughs>